Front Desk, Chapter 25 As Lupe was leaving the motel, a car pulled in and someone got out. My dad and I went out to greet her. It was another immigrant. My mother's face softened when she saw it was a woman this time. Aunt Ling was a friend of Uncle Lee's and she was so famished. She practically inhaled the dumplings my mother made at dinner. Eat up, there's plenty here, my mother said, even though I knew there wasn't really true. In between bites, the woman told us where she'd been working, a nail salon down in Irvine, California. Irvine, my dad said, that's supposed to be nice. Isn't that by the beach, my mom asked? Well, I never got to see it, Aunt Ling said. I spent the entire time hunched over, kneeling on the floor. She told us how she holds, she would hold the hands of wealthy American women as they complained right in front of her about their Chinese maids and how they were probably taking things because don't they all steal? It was like I wasn't even there. They didn't even see me, she said. I was just a nail clipper to them. My mother reached for Aunt Ling's hand. Well, we see you, she said. My mother and I led Aunt Ling over to the room one, our best room. Aunt Ling was so touched by her hospitality, the next day she insisted on doing my mother's nails. Oh, that's very nice of you, but it's not necessary, my mother said bashfully, tucking her hands under her armpit to hide them from Aunt Ling. Let me see, Aunt Ling insisted. Don't be shy. Yeah, Mom, come on, let's see, I said. Reluctantly, my mom put her hands out in front. We gasped. My mother's one shiny, smooth fingernails were now dry, yellow, and rough. The cleaning supplies she used every day to clean the rooms must have somehow seeped through her gloves and into her nails. Her nails were practically melting off her hands. It's been like this for weeks, my mom said, tears coming from her eyes. I don't know what to do. It's all the Ajax and bleach. Don't panic. I know just the thing, Aunt Ling said. So she got up and went into the kitchen where she grabbed a cut where she grabbed a cut-up lemon from the fridge and baking soda from the cupboard. Next, she filled two bowls of warm water. She put the baking soda in the bowl and soaked my mom's hands in them. After half an hour, she lifted each hand up and scrubbed the nails with the lemon. I watched as she worked scrubbing and drying, polishing and cleaning. When she was finally done, the nails looked transformed. She was able to get rid of most of the roughness and what she couldn't get off, she covered up with a coat of glossy red nail polish. My mom was beaming. Quick, take a picture, my mom said. I smiled and kneeled down before her and Aunt Ling. I pretended to click my fingers as my mother held her beautifully manicured hands out to the camera. Eggplant, I said. As we waited for my mother's nail polish to dry, I asked Aunt Ling where she was heading next. Sacramento, she announced. There are some new nail salons opening up there. You're going to Sacramento, I asked. One of the addresses from the ledger was in Sacramento. I leaped out of my chair and raced over to the front desk to get the ledger. Can you do me a favor? Can you swing by this address? I need you to check something for me. Aunt Ling promised she'd go by the address when she got up to Sacramento. If the Thunderbirds were there, she'd call me right away. Before she left, she asked my mom whether she could tell any of her friends about Calavista. They could really use a place to stay. Their boss gave them the boot and they're living out of their car, she said. Oh, that's hard, my mom said, grimacing. We've been there. My parents exchanged a look. The only thing is our boss, Mr. Yao, my dad said. He lives right here in Anaheim. Sometimes he doesn't come for weeks, though, I reminded them. He has motels all over the place. Aunt Ling put a well-manicured finger to her chin. You know what would be great? If you guys had a sign or something for when he's here, she thought out loud. You mean, don't come in sign, I chuckled? Yeah, but not something he'd understand, she said. A secret sign that only we understand. I looked around the front desk. My eyes fell on the old blue Yankees baseball cap. I picked it up. How about this? I asked Aunt Ling. Her eyes widened. 
Yes, she exclaimed. That's perfect. Front desk, chapter 26. It was agreed from now on, if we put the blue hat on the front desk, it meant don't come in. Mr. Yao's there. And no hat meant come on in. We all shook hands on the new system and Aunt Link got into her new car and drove off. I hoped she would tell all her friends and we would soon get lots of visitors. Visitors who were heading in the directions of the four remaining addresses. Lupe was delighted to hear I was marching forward with my plan to show, not tell. She came over the next day after school. The two of us sat at the front desk where, as usual, she proceeded to draw trees. Why are you always drawing those things? I asked her. Lupe didn't look up. Her eyes were completely focused on the page. Today, she was drawing a massive oak with tiny little lines in the trunk. I like trees, she said, shading in the bark. She didn't just like trees. She was obsessed with drawing them and was really good at it too. There was so much detail in her creations, hundreds of twigs and branches and leaves, which she would labor over for hours. She pulled out a blank piece of paper from the fax machine. Here, I'll teach you, she said. I looked at her wary. I wasn't exactly what you call artistic. My idea of a good portrait was a smiley face with sunglasses. You want to start off with the trunk, she said, pointing to my paper. I did as I was told and drew two thick lines for my trunk. Not so straight, she said. She took her pencil and started marking little vertical lines, lumps, and curves in my trunk. No tree is perfect. Remember that, she said. That's what gives it character. I smiled at Lupe and how grown up she sounded. It was one of those things I liked the most about her. She showed me how to add branches to my trunk. According to her, the easiest way to draw branches and twigs was to make dots and lots of tiny little Vs. It was hard making all those little Vs and I got a little impatient so I started shading my tree, eager to get done with it. Don't rush, Lupe said, frowning at my shading and pointing to the little tiny twigs on her own trees. See, it's all in the details. We worked side by side for an hour, neither of us saying anything except occasionally to borrow the eraser. So deep we were into our drawing that we nearly jumped when Hank came in and knocked on the door. I buzzed him in. Hey, can I have Mr. Yao's number? Hank asked. What for? I asked. Didn't you say he had all those other motels? Maybe he needs a handyman, Hank said. You want to ask Mr. Yao for a job? I asked. I glanced at Lupe. But, but what? Hank asked. He leaned into me. Come on, Mia. I'm desperate. I wanted to tell him it didn't matter how desperate he was. Mr. Yao was not going to go for it. After all the horrible things he said that night when the car got stolen. But then I looked into Hank's eyes. He was one of those who first warned me about Mr. Yang. There's no, there's no way he would be asking me this if he had no other options. So I dialed the number and handed him the phone. It's ringing, I told him. As Hank picked up the phone and started talking to Mr. Yao, Lupe and I um, hopped off our stool and went to my room. Gently, I picked up the extension. Hi, Mr. Yao, it's Hank Caleb calling from the Calavista, Hank said. What do you want? Mr. Yao asked, barely hiding the irritation in his voice. I just wanted to call to see if you might need a handyman at one of your motels, Hank said. Why, you know somebody? Mr. Yao asked. Yeah, me, Hank told him. I spent a summer painting houses. I'm good with power tools. I know how to use a pressure hose. Mr. Yao cut him off and told him flat out he wasn't interested. The answer is no, Mr. Yao said. But Mr. Yao, you didn't even let me finish. 
I interjected. I don't need to let him finish. There's nothing handy about Hank. Only Mafan, Mr. Yao said and hung up. I avoided a gaze. I avoided Hank's gaze as I walked back into the front office. What's Mafan mean? He asked. I don't know. I lied. I couldn't bring myself to say that Mafan in Chinese meant trouble. Front Desk, Chapter 27 In school the next day, Mrs. Douglas gave us back our stories. I stared at mine, lying upside down on my desk. Please read my comments, Mrs. Douglas said. I took a lot of time writing them. I've also graded your stories. A hand shot up. Did anyone get an A? Yes, of course, Mrs. Douglas said. Well, did anyone get a C? Stop fishing, Dylan, Mrs. Douglas said. All around me, my classmates started turning their stories around. I looked over at Lupe and watched as she turned hers over, and a small smile escaped on her lips. I looked down at my own story. With a deep breath, I turned it around. There, plastered in red ink on the very top of my essay, was a big, fat C-. minus. Twelve. That's the number of exclamation marks my teacher used to describe how bad my writing was. Check your grammar. Tenses. Mia, don't forget tenses. You need to proofread. The little minus sign on the top of the page winked at me, reminding me that C wasn't bad enough. It had to be a C minus. I stared at the red marks all over my story, a hot, bloody mess. In every sentence, there was something circled or crossed out. Why could I... Why couldn't I ever get the tenses right? I could hear my mom's voice in my head shouting, because there are no tenses in Chinese. My mother was right. How could I possibly be as good as the other kids in their language? I should just forget about the essay contest. Who am I kidding? I didn't stand a chance. If I entered, it would just be $300 down the toilet. I stared at my classmates, drinking in their glee as they proudly waved their stories around. I couldn't stop looking at them, showing off their grades, grinning from ear to ear. I envied them with every bone in my body. When at last the school bell rang, I skulked home, my legs like jello and my feet cement blocks. The words, you are never getting off your roller coaster, played in my head like a news ticker. I stashed my C-minus story deep in my closet when I got home, along with the essay contest printout I had been saving. I thought if I hit it, I wouldn't have ever to think about it ever again, but that afternoon the cable was acting up again and Lupe came over. So, what'd you get on your story? Lupe asked. I shook my head at her. You don't want to know, I mumbled. She shrugged. Oh, come on, it can't be that bad, she said. I didn't say anything. Who cares? It's just a grade, Lupe said. You should have seen my grades when I first started going to school here. But it wasn't just a grade. It meant I was no good at writing and how I was and how was I supposed to win a motel if I wasn't any good at writing. Before I could help it, everything came pouring out. Lupe's eyes bulged when she heard about the essay contest. For a second, I worried. I had made a terrible mistake telling her. What if she applied for it herself? But then she reached over, took one of the guest comment cards, and scribbled something down. She handed me the card. I looked down at it. It said, you can't win if you don't play. I looked back at Lupe. But it costs $300 to play, I reminded her. Lupe shrugged. My dad says in America, you gotta pay to play, she said. I looked out the window at her dad up on the roof, climbing down with all those thick wires around his shoulders. Suddenly, Lupe got quiet. What's wrong? I asked her. Nothing, she said. 
I knew it was nothing. I knew it wasn't nothing. So I asked her again. I'll be sad if you move away to Vermont, she whispered. This almost knocked me over. It hadn't even occurred to me how she might feel if I won. She had to know that there was no chance I'd win. I just got a C minus, remember? I thought this would make her laugh, but it didn't. Lupe just kept staring at the floor. She didn't even look up when her dad came in and told her it was time to go. See you tomorrow, I said. As she pushed, see you, Lupe muttered. As she pushed open the front door, she turned and said, oh, and Mia? Yes, I hope you win. Her words warmed me all the way down to my toes.